Hello, my friends. It's Ryan from the Prolific Creator Podcast. Now, many of you have asked, hey, Ryan, how do I support the show? Well, I finally listened. Starting today, you can subscribe to the Prolific Creator Plus on ACAST Plus for $3 a month. That's less than a cup of coffee. No apps to download and listen wherever you get your podcasts. Get access to the entire archive of Prolific Creator Awesomeness. Over 160 episodes going back to 2017. Yes, that's right, my friends. A plethora of information and inspiration, tips, tricks, and interviews to get your art and work into the world. Remember those ads? Say bye, bye, bye. Wait, there's more. For $5 a month, you can get access to the full prolific creator experience. This includes the full archives, early access to episodes, listener Q&A, book and movie reviews, and interviews not for the public, and perhaps any other awesomeness I might do on the microphone. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah, it does, Ryan. If you want to listen for free, you'll notice the last 50 episodes or so will always be available wherever you listen to podcasts. Remember, by subscribing today, you don't have to download any new apps, and you can simply keep listening on the podcast platform you prefer. Cool. Okay. Cool. Thanks for your love and support in advance. Simply click on the link in the show notes or on my website, and it'll take you where you need to go. Now on to the show. Hey, welcome to the Prolific Creator, the place where we reflect on life and art and see what sticks. And not to mention, we're a big deal in Greenland. I'm your host, Ryan J. Pelton, and today on the show, we're going to talk about death. Yes, my friends, death. It's coming for us. Death and taxes is all that we have to look forward to. No, actually, it's not true. But today we're going to talk about death. We're going to talk about the reality that all of us are going to die. Now, before you turn off the podcast and throw it out the window, can you throw a podcast out the window? I'm not sure. Throw your phone out the window. Don't do that. We're going to talk about death, but we're also going to talk about death and why it's important to understand that our lives are short. Our lives have meaning, yes, but they are short and how that affects how we look at our art. And recently I was encouraged, inspired, maybe in a backwards way to think about my life being short as someone calculated that if we are to live 80 years, that gives us 4,000 weeks on the planet we call earth and then to the great eternity or great beyond. So 4,000 weeks, if we live to 80 years, which would be a nice long life, 28,000 days of life under the sun if you're keeping score at home. And uh, uh, recently, I, I was also uh, had the opportunity to go to a funeral, and funerals aren't always a, an uplifting time. But I, I was really encouraged by this particular funeral as I heard these stories about this man who made a great impact on the deaf community. And as we we're sitting there hearing these stories from family and friends and just the impact this man made, I, it just really struck something in me that, that we do have this short time on, on earth. And the question becomes, well, how are we going to use our time on earth? What are we going to do? What are we going to make of our lives? What are we going to make? What are the things we want to share with the world? What are the messages we want to uh, share with others? What are the things we want to pass down to our kids and our grandkids and future generations? What do we want our lives to be really be about? And so I don't think it's morbid to talk about death. I think it's important to talk about death because it's coming for us all. And we do have a limited time and, and resources and, and, and opportunity. 
Um, a few years back, my, my wife and I walked through a difficult, uh, time as a family where we lost our, our second child after four days of life. And, um, and, and you begin to realize that life is not guaranteed to us. Health is not guaranteed to us. Uh, and so we want to make the most of what we have in the short time that we have, have here. And, th- and this isn't, uh, to make us feel guilty. This isn't to make you feel like you've wasted it. Um, or there's no time for you cause maybe you're older, um, or maybe you have a disability or maybe you have ch- other challenges or you have a big family that you have to take care of. Um, it's actually learning how to create good art and to create good things with our lives as well in the midst of all those things, uh, the busyness of life, the responsibilities of life, the health challenges that we have, all of those things. Um, and when I was at this funeral, one of the th- things that really struck me was the brother got up to share about, um, his brother and to talk about his disability, um, being deaf. And he said, my brother didn't have a disability. He just couldn't hear. Um, and that just really struck a chord with me that he, he even framed this idea of, well, he's deaf and you know, he has, you know, struggles because he can't communicate with other people. Uh, but didn't see it as a disability. He just saw it as an opportunity to continue to be uh, a blessing to those around us, continue, around him, to, the, to still say, you know, what, I'm going to give my life to the deaf community and, and help communication with those who are, aren't deaf. I want to bridge that gap. And that's what he spent his life, life doing. And, and I really just appreciated hearing these stories to say, again, we're not guaranteed life, long life. We're not guaranteed health. Um, but what will I do with the time that I have with, with the abilities, gifts, talents, opportunities, experiences, knowledge that, that I have. Um, and there's, I think some, some ancient wisdom that, that comes from the scriptures that I find really helpful as well as when, when I reflect on our lives being short, uh, in the Psalms, uh, Psalm 90 verse 10, it says our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow, for they quickly pass and we fly away. Teach us to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. And I love this this psalm because he because he's saying, you know, this is written thousands of years ago that that the place of wisdom is actually understanding that our time is limited. We may have seventy years, we may have eighty years if our strength endures. But teach us the, to number our days, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. So the reality is that the wise person is actually the person that understands our days are limited. The wise person is actually the one who says, I may have 70, I may have 80, I may have 30, I may have 20, I may have five more minutes, but I'm going to use every moment that I have to the best of my ability to make make a difference and make an impact and and to to build into those relationships that matter the most and to to, to be a blessing to my neighbors and to make the art that... Uh, that I've been called to make and those kinds of things. And so I, I think that's really in, important um, that, that when you think about your art, and again, as we kind of launch out this new iteration of this show, when I talk about art, again, I'm talking about it in broad terms. You may be an artist, uh, a dancer, a sculptor, a writer, a, a painter, a, in the, the truest sense of, of art. But I, but I also like the way, you know, Seth Godin talks about art is that anything that we make our message, who we are is our art, whether you're a business person, you're an entrepreneur, you start ministries, you, you're part of a nonprofit, your mom, your dad, um, maybe even a kid, whatever your art is, is your life and the thing that you're making, the impact that you want to make, the thing that you offer to the world, the generous thing, the courageous thing the gifts that you, you put out in, into the world for others to, to enjoy. And, and, and so, so when I think of that 
broad scope of our art, our life, death is coming. It's short. Wisdom would say we understand that. And so we don't want to waste it on, on frivolous things. And we don't want to miss out on the opportunities that are right in front of us. And I also think about my life in those terms and the things we're making those terms, because I think it can be a great motivation. Uh, so when I launched out this podcast uh, about three years ago called The Prolific Writer, which is now The Prolific Creator, uh, one of the things I was struck by and so encouraged by was how many emails I got from people that were in their 70s, in their 80s. I even a woman in her 90s email me and say, Ryan, I listened to your podcast and the fact she was 90 listening to a podcast was amazing too. Uh, but I, I've been so encouraged. Somebody told me to listen to this. Um, I've been reading some of your blogs and whatnot. And she said, I started writing my first novel at 90 and I'm so excited because I know I got more in me. And so age is not the problem here. Um, it's, it's not, well, I've missed it. You know, I have no more time, but people in their seventies, eighties, nineties, if you have breath in your lungs, you have a brain that still works. Um, and you're able to put pen to paper or get on your computer or your iPad or, or what have you, you can still write that book or, or do whatever you, um, feel like you're called to do. And I, and I love hearing those stories because I think wisdom tells us that our days are numbered. And I think knowing that is actually the motivation that we often need to do the work that we feel like we've been called to do, or maybe start the thing that we feel called to start. Uh, I, I've been reading these different stories of, of writers and creators and business people and, and of all different ages and stripes. And I've been struck by a couple, a couple realities is one is some will say, well, I'm just too young. I, I can't, I don't have the experience. I don't have the background. I've never done this before. And so we think, well, I'm too young. How can I do that? And I was just kind of digging through uh, some stuff I was been reading in different age groups. And I remember the, the author, S.E. Hinton, who wrote The Outsiders, who wrote her first novel as a junior or senior in high school, uh, 16 or 17 years old. She, she wrote her first novel. And this, this novel has probably, if you went to school, you probably read this, this book called The Outsiders. She was young. She didn't have the experience. She didn't have the life experience. Um, I mean, how much experience do you have at age 16 or 17? Not much, but she made this thing and shared it with the world. Um, when I think of Steve Jobs, he started Apple when he was 21 years old. He didn't have a deep background and, and tons of experience in business, but he created one of the most successful, impactful software companies in the world. And you can disagree on that. That's fine. But you see, the age isn't the issue here. It's understanding. Yes, our days are numbered and his days were numbered. He, he died in his mid to late fifties, which is, is young considering our day and age in which we live in. But also I think of those of us that are getting up there in age, those are getting older. Um, I think of Colonel Sanders, the, the founder of KFC. Um, he was a, a failed restaurant owner, uh, late when he got into his late fifties, even sixties, but really believed he had this recipe for fried chicken and, and wanted to see his restaurants grow and expand. And so after a failure, um, he decided to try to uh, monetize KFC and actually franchise them out in the world and get more restaurants started. And today that the business is worth $27 billion. Again, he was an older man, 65 years old. And I think even to the day he died, I think he was like in his nineties, he was still promoting KFC. And, and, and again, these might be trite examples, the chicken guy, Apple computer, a writer, 
but but the point is is real. The, the point is it's not how young you are, or how old you are. If you know, you're too young, you don't have an experience, you're too old, you, you've wasted it is to realize that death is coming for us all, but that can often be the encouragement, the motivation that we need. Because here's, here's what happens all the time. I get emails, I get, I have conversations with friends all the time. It's, it's the typical, you know, I really want to write this book. The New York Times did a, a, a thing years ago and they said, you know, 81% of the people in the world want to write a novel someday. You know, 81%, that's a big number. Um, eight out of 10 people. But how many will actually do it? And so, so often I'll give friends, family, people email me, Hey, I listen to your podcast. You know, I really want to write this book. And, I, and I'll just ask them, well, h- how many words have you written today? How many words you've written last week, last month, last year? And it's amazing how many times it's a big fat zero, right? I haven't done any of it. Uh, I haven't written anything. And yet we continually say, well, I want to do this thing, but you know what? I just, I have a lot of kids in my house. I have health issues. I have job responsibilities. I have stress. I just have a lot going on. And, and those are all true things, all real things. I'm not minimizing health issues, not minimizing family responsibilities. But it's kind of the same principle when people come to me and say, you know, I'm just too young to get married. You know, I just don't have any money. I don't have a great career yet. How am I going to marry this person and take care of them? And yet the reality is when you've lived long, a little longer like me, and you get into your 40s as you realize you never have enough money and you never have enough time and you're always busy. So when are we going to do that thing, make that thing? If we really want to, we'll find the time to do it. If it's really a desire of your heart, you'll find the time to do it. And sometimes the wisdom that we need is to remember that our days are numbered, that our, our lives are precious and they're a gift, but they're limited. We all know that. And we know that there's going to be a time where we're not going to be able to make that thing, do that thing that we wanted to. And so knowing that deep in our bones actually is the motivator, because again, you're never going to have enough money. You're never going to have enough time. There's health problems are always going to be part of it. There's going to be days that are going to be really, really difficult. And yet, if you really feel like you have a message or a thing you need to start or, or a relationship you need to start or whatever it is, or a relationship you need to end, I'm not sure whatever the thing is now is the time. Now is the time. So many people, you know, we line up our lives and we say, okay, when we're going to get to this time in our lives, then we'll do X, Y, and Z. And I remember, uh, kind of a sad story, but my, my grandfather, uh, when he, uh, he was a dentist and a successful dentist and had plans of retirement. And then he was going to take my grandmother and they're going to go travel around Europe. They loved going to Europe. They'd been a couple of times and wanted to really dig in, you know, when they had more time or weren't working anymore. And I remember my grandpa got diagnosed with this kind of rare stomach disease as he was retiring. And I remember that really limited him. It really limited his energy because he couldn't eat certain foods and, um, you know, really just limited in many, many ways. And the travel part really wasn't uh, a possibility. Um, so sometimes we think, well, when I get to this age or when I get to this stage, I'll, I'll be fine and we can just do our thing. And, and yeah, that can happen, of course. But the reality for my grandfather is it didn't happen. He didn't have the time. He couldn't because of health, health issues. We're never going to have a season of life that's just the perfect time, perfect amount of money, we're not going to be busy. We're not going to have job responsibilities. We have all of those things. And I, I, I've loved hearing over the years, the stories of, of family and friends. I had an uncle who was a poet 
And he was also a principal of a high school for years and then became a superintendent of a, of a school district. And he loved writing poetry. And I remember towards the end of his life, he gave me this book of poetry. And I remember I didn't read it because I was young and I didn't really understand, you know, poetry and didn't have any interest. But I just remember thinking, this is so cool. He made this book of poetry that probably only a handful of people are going to read, mostly my family. But this was the thing he loved to do. He had been doing this for years and years and years. I have another friend, family friend. His dad was just really into music on the side. He's always piddling around, playing the piano, playing uh, guitar, uh, going to jazz clubs, listening to jazz music. But it was just something he loved to do. And he had a, he had a total, total different job. But he could tell himself, well, the reality is I got this other job. I have a family. I have, you know, where am I going to find time to do that? But I, I really believe that when you feel called to something, when you sense I really want to do this thing. I, I really enjoy this thing. I enjoy making this thing. I feel like I have something to say. You'll find the time to do it. Um, it's a little bit what, what I talk about is, is writing in the cracks of your life. Um, you know, people ask me, well, you know, I have a full-time job. I have four kids, a wife. I have responsibilities in my community. All these, all these things, right? Always busy. Got a couple of businesses that are going. Well, how do you find time to write? And, and the reality is a lot of times it's writing in the cracks of my life. It's... 10 minutes here, 15 minutes here, 30 minutes here, when the kids are asleep, getting up really early to do that. Um, and you, and you, you'd be amazed how often when you write in those cracks of your life, all of a sudden that thing you're making, it, it's starting to form and starting to build. And now there's, there's actually something there. And so it's not about how much time we have or, or having more hours in the day, but it's 15 minutes here adds up to 30 that adds up to 45 that adds up to an hour that adds up to multiple hours. And all of a sudden your, your novel that you're working on or your painting or that business proposal, it's starting to shape, take shape. So it's just small moments of chipping away at the thing that you want to build or feel called uh, to build. And so I think it's really important to have this wisdom this wisdom that our days are numbered because often it can be the thing, the catalyst that launches us out to actually finally make the thing that we're going to make. Recently, I was watching a documentary, which I, I highly recommend. It's by Val Kilmer, Kilmer, excuse me, um, Iceman from Top Gun, if you need a pop culture reference. But Val Kilmer, well-known artist, well-known actor, kind of disappeared from acting for a while. And I actually found it um, interesting because he was really popular and made some great films, he made the Doors film and made some a bunch of other films, and um, you know was getting a, a well-known reputation. <clears throat> and recently, he made a documentary, and it was actually to talk about his cancer diagnosis. Where a few years ago, he got a cancer diagnosis and actually isn't able to speak properly, and his vocal cords are damaged because of chemotherapy and uh, stuff that was going on in his throat, and so he speaks through this voice box. And the whole documentary is just a way to kind of capture his life and his journey and his career. And it's really a fascinating documentary. I, I check it out. I think it's just called Val. Uh, I'll put it in the show notes. But but after his, he was diagnosed with cancer, he realized, you know, I might not be able to be an actor anymore I'm not, in, in the purest sense. And so the way he began to express his art into the world was, one, he wanted to help more actors, um, you know, encourage them, help them in their craft. Uh, you know, maybe can't do it himself, but, but, you know, help them along. Also, he got into painting and directing and writing. 
and encouraging others in the arts. And so he, even in the midst of what he was doing, that was kind of his primary craft, he was able to kind of shift it and say, well, there's, here's a way I can encourage other people. I can help them along the best I can. And sometimes that's what we realize as we get older, that our, our role is to be that mentor, to be the one who can walk alongside others who maybe haven't done it yet and help them along in their, in their journey, whatever that may look like and whatever path they're on. And so I really appreciate that, that documentary. Cause again, he, he realized his days were short. He realized his life was short. Um, and even in the documentary, they t- he talks a little bit about this screenplay he wanted to write about, uh, Mark Twain and just his passion for that and how that was coming along this one man screenplay and, um, it was going really well. And this is when he got his cancer diagnosis and had to kind of put that on the shelf, but he wanted, still wanted to see this come into, into life and onto the screen and on in, into, um, live performance and, and was able to do that, was able to kind of write that out, write that script and, and get others to, to perform it for him. So he was still able to, to get that art out into the world and he didn't have to do it directly himself because of his, his disability with not being able to speak. So there's all kinds of stories we can we can look through past, um, present, way past, and and find men and women that that had struggles, had difficulties, but were able to kind of work through it, uh, to share their message, to share their art, to share their lives with the world, knowing that life is short, knowing that sometimes we do face health crisis and difficulty. One other piece of just understanding that our days are numbered. And why this is, can be a great motivator and encouragement to kind of say, hey, well, what's the thing I, I feel like I should be doing and, 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 you know, I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. But actually, as we're making our things, it's important to know that our lives are short <laughs> and our lives are precious. Uh, years ago, a few years ago, I should say two or three years ago, I interviewed the prolific writer Joe Lansdale. And uh, Joe Lansdale is a great writer, novelist, short story writer. Um, it's been around for, for 40 years or so. And one of the, the things he shared in the interview, and, I, and I've heard him write about this before and talk about this before, is, is they ask him, you know, how do you write so much stuff? Like, how do you get so many stories out in the world? And he says, one of the ways that I do that is I try to imagine all my friends and family and audience are all dead. <laughs> and I thought that was great. And, you know, thinking of that first is like, man, that just seems a little morbid. You know, why do you want to imagine that your your wife and your kids and your friends are dead? But he said, there's a, there's a trick to that. It's, it's to realize that my creative process and the, and often the things that hold us back are we're too concerned about what people are going to think of the thing that we're making. So we imagine them on the other side, you know, reading our book or, you know, seeing our business or whatever we're doing, whatever we're making, whatever we're sharing and going, Oh, this thing's terrible. Or, or feeling this pressure that I have to write to a certain person or, or have a certain audience in mind or certain market in mind. And he said, I just never fell into that trap. He's like, I just, I just imagined everybody was dead and I'm just writing for myself. I'm just creating for myself because then I could write in the freest ways. I could, I could write in a way where I'll write the stories that I want to write, not what others expect me to write. And I think there's some great wisdom in that, th- that way of thinking is because so often we do things to please other people. We do what, you know, we want our parents to think well of us, or we want our colleagues to think well of us or our neighbors or our wives or our husbands or our partners or whoever, but we don't really tell the stories, do the things that we really feel like we're called to. We just kind of grab onto a playbook that's been given to us. And we just take that and say, okay, well, this is probably what I should be doing. But the reality is there, there might be something else that you, you've been called to share with the world. So, so imagine everybody's gone. You're just writing for yourself for your own enjoyment. What would you write? What would you say? 
what would you share with the world? Imagine if you knew and understood and deep in your bones that your days are numbered. And I, I know we probably all give lip service to that. Depending on how old you are, if you're younger, often we don't think about it that much because typically we're in good health and you know we have a lot of life in, in ahead of us. And I hope we do. But the reality is as you get a little bit older, you begin to realize like life is short and I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. And I, I know watching my own grandparents go through dementia and you know losing their, their mental faculties can be a difficult time. And, and when those things happen, obviously it becomes more difficult. And those were things that were planned, obviously. The, those health scares aren't, aren't planned. Uh, we know in this time in history, a pandemic, we know that our loved ones have gotten sick. We know many have died. And we know life's not guaranteed tomorrow. And so sometimes knowing that we're all going to die there's a wisdom woven into that. There's a wisdom that, that motivates us and pushes us to say, yeah, I do have to remember that, that life is precious and life is an ode tomorrow. I mean, the pandemic has taught us that. So let's go make some good art. Let's go make good art with our lives. Let's go make good art, literally or metaphorically. We may be actually making art or we may just making generous things, important things, deepening those relationships that need to be deepened going out and being the kind of human that we all should be, um, knowing that our days may be only 70 years or 80 years, but whatever time I have teach me to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. I think there's something to that, to make our best stuff, to share our best, best work. So I thank you for sticking around for this podcast, this episode. Um, hopefully it wasn't too morbid for you, but I think it's true. And I think it's, for all of us to remember that life is precious and life is an ode. And yet we have these stories, we have this art, we have this life to share with others that we want to, we want to do that well. And so sometimes we need a little different perspective to think through that and to maybe start putting those words down for that novel you've been dreaming about or that business proposal for that business you've been dreaming about those ideas for that nonprofit you've been dreaming about, because I think now is the time because you'll never have enough money. You never have enough time. You'll always be busy. You'll never be in perfect health. There'll always be responsibilities around us. So why not make our best art now? So, hey, this is Ryan J. Pelton from The Prolific Creator. I'm so glad that you stopped by today. And before you go, I just want to encourage you to stop by the website, ryanjpelton.com. Uh, if you go to ryanjpelton.com slash tools, uh, I have some free tools there for you to help you wherever you may be in your creative uh, journey. You can also get on the newsletter as well. And that's a great way just to stay updated on the latest uh, episodes of this podcast and things I'm writing, things I'm up to. i um, love to have you on that newsletter. I really get an opportunity to kind of be personal with uh, those that listen in and follow along. And I love that part um, also to be able to interact with, with all of you. Um, and so, so check that out. Um, also, if you could leave a review, a rating on iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast, it really helps us get the show out into the world. Um, apparently that's what the smart people tell me, uh, is I'd love for you to do that if you like the show. And if you don't like the show, just leave an honest review, help us get the, get the word out in the, into the world, um, about this podcast. And also if you have anyone that you would like me to interview, I'm in the process of compiling, uh, interviews, uh, people that are doing great work in the world, creative work. Um, any kind of work that's making an impact in the world, it doesn't have to be you know, specifically writers or artists, but really anyone, business leaders, nonprofit leaders, um, doing cool stuff in the world, please uh, share their info with me. I'd love to uh, track them down uh, or stock them. Uh, if I need to stock them, I'll, I'll do that. I'll show up at the window and knock on that. No, I won't do that. That's weird. Um, probably illegal too. Uh, 
Uh, but if, if there's anyone that comes to mind, please let me know. I've always loved the way the community has come around to share, hey, you need to talk to this person, or hey, I know this writer, or hey, I know this entrepreneur, or whoever. Um, I'd love to talk with them, interview them, and hear their story uh, so that they can encourage you and bless you as well. So thank you again for listening to The Prolific Creator. Now go make some great art with your life, and I'll talk to you real, real soon.